About 150 years ago, St. John Vianney said, The reason why our times are so irreligious is on account of the unchristian families. It was 150 years ago. Well, at least we can console ourselves that things have been getting steadily better since then, can't we? Uh, actually, they haven't. In fact, could anyone imagine a more difficult time than today in which to raise a family? And remember, the family being the cell, the building block of society. Our families have to be healthy in virtue and in holiness if we're going to restore society. This is a hard time to raise a family. But fear not. God knew who would be born, where, and when, and he always gives everyone everything he needs to be saved. So we can get our families through these days and all be saints. We know that. Our faith guarantees it. But will we do it? How are we doing it? Where sin abounds, grace doth more abound. There is a universe of grace out there for us. The occasions of sin today represent to us unlimited opportunities for practicing virtue, for overcoming the temptations. And it is the practice of virtue that will make us saints. But as as the occasions of sin abound, grace doth more abound. We know that there is more grace available to us than ever before to practice virtue. Today is the Feast of the Holy Family. And today's gospel proposes the Holy Family to us as an example for our own families. The gospel says Jesus advanced in wisdom and age and grace with God and men. And those words are as much about the home of Joseph and Mary as they are about our Lord. Some people ask the question, how can this be? How can he grow in wisdom and grace? He's God, yes, but he's also man. And as man, he learns. We all know what kind of man our Lord is. And remember, he became man to redeem us, but also to teach us how to live. This is what it means to be a Christian, to live as Christ taught us to live. And he taught us to live not only by his words, but by his actions and how he lived his life. And where did he choose to live his life? Where did he form good habits? In the home of St. Joseph. So if we imitate our Lord, we ought to learn from the Holy Family. And what can we learn from them? Today's gospel begins with Joseph and Mary being obedient. It says they went up to Jerusalem to the feast. Going up to the feast is a command found in the book of Exodus. Joseph and Mary were keeping the law. They were being obedient, just as we all have obligations according to our state in life, our vocation as parents, as children. The gospel ends with our Lord being obedient to Joseph and Mary. He went down with them and came to Nazareth Nazareth, and was subject to them, and he advanced in wisdom and age and grace. Coincidence? I don't think so. By their example, Joseph and Mary taught Jesus obedience. And Jesus teaches us obedience by his example. He was subject to them. 
not only to them, but to the duties of his state and life, to the obligations of the law. It's not a coincidence. Remember, at the beginning of our Lord's life, we hear his mother say, Be it done unto me according to thy word. And at the end of his life, we hear him say, Not my will, but thine be done. Coincidence? I don't think so. Each of us has a job to do. And if each will do his job, he makes it easier for the others to do their jobs. Our jobs, especially when the home, are to support each other, to teach and to form each other by our good example, by our exhortation, by our life of virtue. Our job is to save our souls. And we build each other up by our practice of virtue and our good example. So to be all that we can be, and all that we should be for each other, all that we're called to be by God, the most important thing that we can do is to be obedient, to do our duty, to be faithful to the grace that God is giving us here and now, just as we see the Holy Family doing today in the Gospel. Kids, do you know why you should be obedient to your parents? Why was our Lord obedient to Joseph and Mary? Well, because they spoke for God. When they told Jesus to do something, he listened as though he were listening to his heavenly Father, because God chose Joseph and Mary to take care of Jesus, just like God chose your parents to take care of you. So your dad and your mom stand for God in your family. And so when you obey mom and dad, you obey God. And this is how you show your love for God. Because remember, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. But when you disobey mom and dad, you disobey God. By being obedient, you prove your love for your parents and for God. So be obedient. Do what you're supposed to do. But there's still more to it than just being obedient because God said so. We should be be obedient because by obedience, we conquer our greatest enemy. That is, ourselves. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, because of original sin, we all have this tendency to be selfish, to think of ourselves first. This selfishness is totally the opposite of what we're made for. We're made, we know, to know, love, and serve God in this world and to be happy with Him forever in heaven. Well, how can we know and love and serve someone else if we're always thinking about ourselves? Knowing and loving and serving are about other people. We know, love, and serve someone else. And I'm sure the grown-ups here can tell you all, but from experience, they know. Selfish people are never happy. It's impossible to satisfy a selfish person. What does that have to do with obedience? Well, if we're being obedient, we're not necessarily getting our own way. We're not doing what we feel like doing, but rather we're doing what we should be doing. That means we're putting down or conquering that selfishness. We're not saying me first. 
Remember, selfish people are not happy because they're never satisfied. They can, they can never get enough. And so when God tells us to be obedient, he's not just being a cruel dictator. He's actually telling us how to be happy, to put ourselves aside, to think of others first. He wants us to be obedient because he loves us and he wants us to be happy. Selfish people have no room in their hearts for anyone but themselves, so they get very lonely. And of course, they will be unhappy. And just one last word about all these selfish people we're talking about. That's us. We all have this problem. As human beings, we inherit this problem from Adam and Eve. We're all selfish to some degree or another. Obedience is hard for all of us. Maybe not every day, but there are those things that we find hard to take. So kids, mind your parents. It will not only make you holy, but it will also make you happy. You get to master yourself. You get to conquer yourself. So you don't have to be a slave to that selfishness that always wants things your own way. And then you don't have to be unhappy. So be obedient. And mom and dad, you look out for your children as best you can. You have a tall order, standing in God's shoes, doing his work in your family. And there is no greater gift that you can give them than the Christian life. It requires humility. And there's the first virtue. The Catholic faith and the virtues to live that faith is what you're hoping to pass on to your children. You have to be diligent. The world and the powers of hell itself rail against you every day. Satan does not sleep, he does not get tired, and he has no conscience. But don't worry. We can do this. From your children, yes, even your children, we can raise up saints to Almighty God. Like Joseph and Mary, we need to create a home where virtue will flourish. St. Paul's letter today talks about some Christian virtues. But how do we teach the virtues at home? Well, of course, we have to live them. A virtue is a habit, and a habit is formed by repetition, doing something over and over and over again. One great exercise that some people do is choose a particular virtue for each month and read and study and pray and practice that virtue especially during that month. Make examinations of conscience and confessions focusing on that virtue to help become aware of where and when we fall and we fail in that virtue so we know where and when we can practice that virtue. And we can then get the grace to overcome those failures. But whatever method or methods we use, we will need the right environment to practice virtue, or the virtues will never grow. To raise a virtuous family, we have to create a home where virtues can be practiced, and we live to attain heaven. In order to get to heaven, of course, we know the importance of prayer and penance, so those have to be part of our daily life. 
St. Alphonsus teaches that those who pray are certainly saved, and those who do not pray are certainly damned. So obviously that is critical. Teach your children this, in as much as they're capable of at whatever age they're at. Get them praying as they can. Our Lord himself tells us that unless we convert and do penance, we will perish. And of course, he's God. He knows what he's talking about. So we know that penance is also absolutely necessary for our salvation. Again, teach this to your children. Little things appropriate to their age. And those little things will grow as they grow. Prayer and penance. But we're talking here about the virtue of obedience. Here's why this is so important. Because by being obedient to our superiors, to our duties, we show that we can conquer ourselves and put others first. We show that we are not selfish. And we know that the greatest struggle we face is against ourselves. It takes the greatest strength to conquer ourselves, to do what we know we should do and not what we want to do if those two things are opposed to each other. So first of all, we show the greatest, greatest strength when we do our duty. We overcome ourselves. It's important to show this kind of strength because if others see that we are strong enough to overcome ourselves, then they know that our love can be relied on. Our love will not fail because it comes from someone who is strong. And at the same time, this obedience, this doing our duty, tells others that we can put ourselves second, that we can be not selfish, that they can count on us to take care of them, to love them, because we will put them first and we will not be selfish. This tells them that they will receive good love from us if we love them. And they will therefore seek our love by loving us, by overcoming themselves to serve us, to please us. Do you see how this all feeds on itself? How putting ourselves second, loving our neighbor first, increases the possibility for each one of us to do that. And it just continues to grow and to build on itself. Love is what we're made for. We will do anything for love that we can count on. And by conquering ourselves and doing our duty, doing laundry, going to work, showing care and interest in others, their thoughts, their feelings, these are part of our obligations. Helping the wife, cleaning the house, doing the difficult things, of course, are the best. Because they are difficult, and we do them anyway. We're conquering ourselves. We're conquering our laziness. But what is most important is that we conquer our pride that shrinks away from our duty, especially a difficult duty. And then the others know that our love is reliable because they see that we are capable of doing difficult things, of conquering ourselves, of putting someone else first. They want to know that no matter what, they can count on our love. This helps them be good, and it helps them to love in return. And love is what we're made for. It does not mean that the kids get to get away with murder. It means that you address the problems with patience and charity, even if you need to hand out severe punishments. 
patience and charity. And this is where you will see the immediate payoff in your prayer and your penances. Without prayer and penance, patience and charity become impossible, as also does selflessness. 150 years ago, St. John Vianney warned us about the dangers of unchristian families and the irreligious times in which he lived. Could he even have imagined what we are facing today? But it can all be resisted and overcome successfully and make great saints through prayer and penance and the practice of virtue, especially the virtue of obedience, that virtue whereby we conquer, we overcome ourselves and our selflessness. It's essential, absolutely indispensable for love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.